0: yeah uh well, if you're struggling today, you are not alone, and whatever you're feeling is normal and natural we are we are human beings with feelings, and it's it's actually if you think about it, if something sad happens, it would be kind of weird not to be sad <laughs> if something scary is happening, it kind of wouldn't make sense that you wouldn't be afraid so. We don't judge when you're happy, right? If you're happy, we don't say, well, why are you so happy? <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't judge that people shouldn't be so happy. So if you're, if you're struggling today, you're not alone. It's, and it's normal and it's natural and you can reach out if you don't. And if you don't know where to begin to reach out, you can reach out to me. I, there's one person and James, I'm going to say, I'm going to nominate you. I think you would be someone that go. someone could reach out to.
1: Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue.
2: All right, welcome back to the Professor of Perseverance Podcast. I am Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance himself. Hey, this is October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So when you're watching your favorite NFL team sometime this month, you're going to be seeing them wear pink. If you're watching baseball getting closer to the playoffs, they'll be wearing some pink, I'm sure. And so this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October and for our guest today, she's going to share her story of how she is a breast cancer survivor and how she's able to do this and help other people along the way. Remember, remember, this podcast is encouraging, helping, you know, motivating, inspiring, and providing hope for people that uh, don't see a way out. And here we we get guests from here that show you there's a will, there's a way. Life is great. Live it the best you can. So welcome to the show today, Andy no, sir, There you go.
0: Thank you. All right. Thank you for having me.
2: No, thank you for coming on and giving some of your valuable minutes to help other people in your c- uh, circumstance and that uh, may need a little hope and encouragement, and thank you for coming in to share.
0: Absolutely, I'm happy to be here.
2: All right, Andy, if you just want to go ahead and dive on in, I'm providing a platform for you to get your story out, and let's go ahead and get that story going, and you uh, go ahead and kick us off when you first found out about everything.
0: Yeah, so it was almost to the day, almost uh, four years ago, that this – journey of breast cancer began. So this time four years ago, I had no idea what, what was going to happen and how my life was going to be changing. But it was during October when I had just a, my routine mam- mammogram and I didn't have any reason to be concerned. just a typical, uh, routine mammogram. And, and they found something that was worth looking into. So the, uh, doctor recommended that I get another mammogram and a little more detailed mammogram and an ultrasound. And so I did that. And at that appointment, during that ultrasound, the radiologist said, call your doctor today to schedule a um, a biopsy. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Uh, To to schedule a biopsy. (laughs) And so, yeah, so.
2: Uh, so that's got to be I a,
0: and,
2: yeah, I was gonna say that's gotta be frightening, even though they hadn't quite come out and said the C word, but when they're saying we need to go ahead and run a biopsy, that can't yeah, that can't be that's yeah. gotta be a little frightening.
0: It is frightening, and I'm glad you mentioned that too because that's really a grieving experience, and so now I'm a grief recovery specialist, so i'm I'm gonna identify grief <laughs> uh all uh-huh. over the place uh where I see it, and so oftentimes people think about grief and they think of death, they think of divorce, maybe emptiness. And those are the three areas people usually associate with grief. But the truth is that grief is more broad than that. It's, it really has to do with anytime there's a change in circumstance or the end of a routine end of something that's a normal pattern. And so when all of a sudden there's the possibility of a scary diagnosis well that's a change right there it's certainly the end of an era and it's a change and so it was it was frightening and when i had the opportunity i had i had the biopsy done and it was right around the holiday time around thanksgiving and the doctor said when i get the results do you want me to wait until after thanksgiving and i said no, as soon as you as soon as you find out, I wanna I wanna I wanna know. And it was two, two days before Thanksgiving. So when all is said and done, between the the tests, I found out uh, two days before Thanksgiving in twenty seventeen. And so okay. oh, that was the beginning. Yeah, that was that was when there was confirmation. Yes, it, it is cancer. So because okay. I'm a grief recovery specialist, I as soon as you know every step of the way, as soon as I was. Aware, I was feeling something. I was in the lifestyle and pattern of sharing those feelings, talking about them in a way that was helpful. But just because I do this work, that doesn't that doesn't protect me <laughs> from having these big feelings. That's it just, right. It gives me the the tools. Yeah. So I still feel scared, just like anybody else would.
2: Yeah. Even though you you're already this grief recovery specialist, and going into this doesn't make it any easier uh, emotionally but again you do know you have a you have a head start over a lot of other people
0: yeah and i have to say i was really grateful for that i'm always grateful for that because life happens you know things happen and sometimes we can anticipate and sometimes we don't sometimes you know as you know you know life just life happens and it's how we how we persevere, how we we deal with it. So doesn't mean that we're protected from those things that that happen. It just means that we do. Some of us have opportunities to to really thrive and, and take those experiences and deal with the feelings and and really thrive and help other people.
2: Now uh, at the beginning, once we found out the biopsy was, um, I guess considered positive. Then would is that what they call it positive? did it come out. Yeah. And um, so then yeah. did you, what kind of a again being a grief recovery specialist uh, what kind of a, a support system did you have or did you have any or did you go grab some people to be a support system with you?
0: You know, it's it's really was a combination of both because I had my 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 normal people, my people in my inner circle that I talked to, but then I also was reaching out to New people in my life, other people who have had breast cancer, um, people have been who've had family members with breast cancer, and so it was definitely definitely a combination of both. I had people right in my support system I, that are already set up. That I make a phone call and I have something I have to get off my chest, and I and I do those moment to moment things. Um, I have a support system with other grief recovery specialists. We're all we're kind of family, and so we're we're there for each other as well. And so I reached out to some of them and was, it, was really able to be totally honest without worrying about being judged, without worrying about modulating what I'm saying, because I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I could really just say, this is this is what's happening, this is how I feel.
2: Yes.
0: And and get some, you know, yeah, and, and get some some of that feedback right from my people. But I also felt this need to go out and become a member of some of the support groups in the area. Uh, mostly online, on Facebook, there are some wonderful breast cancer support groups. And a few, a, one or two of them, I was really active right you know, in that first year. Um, now I've moved away from those, now I'm into you know, another one or two. So at different stages where I am, I'm finding support in those breast cancer communities. And and I'll tell you one example was, you know, this is fast forwarding after all my, after treatment and after, after that period of time where I was getting rides to my appointments. And it was the first time that I went to get to an appointment to get a scan. And I just went by myself. And when I went, I had, I I had, because technically it was in my pocket. I felt like I had a support in my pocket because I had my phone in my pocket and I had messaged the group that morning that I was, you know, have, having this test today and they, you know, immediately, you know, a hundred responses, of, you know, emojis and I'm there for you. And you've got this and, uh, and all of that. And so I felt like, you know, I had that, but I will say that after that experience, I realized that for me um, that that wasn't enough, that I really did need to, even though I didn't need a ride, it really was helpful to have a support person with me to that appointment. So that was, um, so that was a good learning experience. Now, of course, with COVID, I wasn't able to do that. But prior to that, um, I was, I would take my, I would take my people, you know, my mom or a friend and, and go to those appointments. So I had definitely a combination of support from my, my people, as well as uh, some new people in my life from the, these communities.
2: Yeah, gaining gaining new people as you go along and meet new people and figuring out yeah yeah uh, that's that's, that's un- understandable that you're going to be uh, piling this group up bigger and bigger and uh, to help each other. So
0: yeah, and also it's interesting because there were some people that I have I have known for a while and didn't know that they either had breast cancer maybe you know many years ago or had a family member with breast cancer. So when I started talking about it. Um, even people in my, um, maybe my middle circle, I'll say, or maybe colleagues that I've mm-hmm. known for a long time, they started opening up and telling me about their experiences. So it really opened the doors for some really beautiful conversations and some beautiful support along the way.
2: Did, um, now, what, what was your treatment like?
0: So it was caught early. So I was able to, I had a choice. Um, if I wanted to get a lumpectomy or mastectomy and so I was grateful to have the choice and I chose a lumpectomy and so I had the lumpectomy and I had, um, radiation. Um, and then I had attempted, uh, some hormone therapy. Uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to stay on that because of, uh, some of the side effects. Okay. But primarily, um, uh, the lumpectomy, the surgery and the radiation.
2: And I, and I love that uh, you, even though you were capable, and you felt strong enough to go to your appointments by yourself. I'm glad you were able to realize or wake up. I need someone with me, and you know, not only would it help you, it's helping them because they know instead of me sitting at home, do uh, I could be doing something to help, and so now they're out helping. So I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, again, whether you woke up and decided. Or realized it, or someone suggested it, whatever it was, I'm glad you opened up to uh, get this support.
0: Yeah, you know what it was? I was sitting in the same building, in the same waiting room where I'd had the test before. And so just being there in the same spot, you know, and it was the test was a mammogram or an ultrasound, I forget which, but, um, but I remember sitting in the same waiting room and just being in that same spot face and with the same gown, you know, the same pictures on the wall. And remembering that just, um, I forget what the timing was, but that at some point I was there, you know, finding all of this out. I feel like in that moment, I was just like, oh, you know, it would be really nice (laughs) if I, you know, if I had my mom here with me, you know, right now. So it was really in the moment that I was like, oh, this was a strategic error <laughs> to do this on my yeah, own. Yeah. But good information for mo- moving forward.
2: Yes, it, yes, and I'm, I'm glad it glad that worked out for sure on on that part with the uh, with the uh, getting support system getting them involved uh, with you. Other than yeah. you know most of them say I'll pray for you. I'm sending positive ways, uh, but this way they could actually be involved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like how you, you mentioned too, that it's good for them as well, which absolutely is true. You know, people do want to help and, and you're right. There are many different ways that they, that they can help and, and they want to. So yeah, I think it, it's a nurturing to the relationship to allow people to be there for you.
2: Now, Andy, you seem like a positive person. Have you always been had this positive mindset Or did you learn to inquire it with the breast cancer Uh, or again, or you've always had it?
0: Well, I will say I've always been a very sensitive person. So I, I can't, I mean, I definitely have a mindset of wanting to see the positive and wanting to make the most out of a situation. So even if it's a difficult situation, because I don't really want to suffer on the one hand, I want to get out of it as much as I can so that I don't have to go through it again, but it also means I have to really dig deep into it. <laughs> so I have to mm-hmm. you know, really be there and, <laughs> and experience it. So um, so I feel like I I'm just I've always been very sensitive. And before the grief recovery, I didn't really know what to do with those feelings. And I stuffed a lot of those feelings. It was almost like overwhelming and too much. Um, so I would say that. I would go through periods of just being overwhelmed. I'd get to the positive, but it was a much longer process. A lot of suffering in the, <laughs> in, <Yeah>. the <laughs> in that process. Um, whereas now I have tools and while I still have pain and, and I'm still sensitive, I, I feel things very deeply, but I can bounce back a lot quicker.
2: Do you think part of that could be because you were a grief recovery specialist before this, and maybe you just didn't want to show weakness to the people you may have counseled before? Or I mean, I'm just wondering. You said because sometimes it was long, emotional, painful. That you know, you for you to 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 take on uh, these other characters and stuff like that. Do you think because being a grief recovery space beforehand and you just didn't want to seem like you were weak or something I, I don't know I'm just guessing
0: yeah no that's a great question um and I've and I've and I've heard that question before in, in in some um in slightly different ways but I'm glad you mentioned that because the truth is that in order to do this work we actually have to be emotionally honest so now of course it's about the other person and not me so you know mm-hmm. I'm always aware of that but um but it's it's actually one of the myths of grief that we have to we have to be strong for others and so actually the one of the best ways to help people through grief is to be an example yourself and so for me i i when i was i guess what i was talking about was pre grief recovery before i okay. had grief recovery tools but okay. once i got into grief recovery in fact, in order to be trained to even do this work, we have to do the work on ourselves as well. So we have to actually go through the process. So um, so it's a great question and I, and I love that because the other flip side of that what, um, uh, where I thought, you know a lot of times people are going with that kind of question too is like is how hard it is to take on what other people are, are suffering and trying to you know how to manage that. But yeah, the truth is for me, the experience of grief is—it's a normal and natural reaction, and so because I want to teach that, I want to be the example of that. So, yeah, I think it was once I became a grief recovery specialist that I actually stopped pretending like I was okay in the moment just to appear like I was strong.
2: Good deal. Hey, uh, blind Neil is coming in. That. Hey, thank really you, blind is- Neil. And saying hello to you. And again, we're talking with Andy Melser. And October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and she's sharing her story, how she went through with her cancer, and so. And we're glad you're still here, uh, Andy. You said four years ago, so it's uh, things are going right on the right path, and glad to hear that. Now, how long is it before you consider what's in remission or cured? And I'm not sure what the real is that this cured and remission the same thing, or is it still two different things? Because I've heard them used as the same thing as a cure. You know what I'm saying? They'll say cure, yeah. and then I've heard someone yeah. else use, I'm, I'm in remissions and I'm cured because I don't have any cancer. And it's, is that the same, or just people not using it correctly?
0: Well, what I can tell you that the doctors have told me is that breast cancer is different from all other cancers. And so there are some of those terms that they'll use with other types of cancer. But with breast cancer, what the doctors have told me is that they will never say cancer-free. They'll never say cured. But what they will say is no evidence of disease, which is great okay. when you hear that, no evidence of disease. But that's, oh, yes, the high, exactly. that, that's, the, that's really all they'll say is because breast cancer, the way they explain it to me, is just so sneaky and because, you know, one little cell can escape and you could, you know, it could, um, move, it could, um, it could show up in your bones and your brain, your lungs, your liver. And even if it does, it's still, and they find it there. It's still, um, they, when they test it, they can tell if it's actually breast cancer that migrated to those areas. So, okay. um, so yeah, so the, so the best I get is no evidence of disease. Now it's all, it's four years, almost not quite, but almost four years. And so the five year they consider they say that the most likely time for it to come back if it's going to come back is five years. So I'm still within those, those five years So some of the terminology also might, they might be, be being a little more careful in within the first five years. but, but that's my understanding is, is when they, when they talk about what the, when you get a scan and if it's all clear, the, the, the best that you get is no evidence of disease
2: okay, and that's, and, what I, no one's, and that's what I have been getting, okay, and no one's uh, no one's explained that to me before about breast cancer being different compared to others, so so I you didn't learn me something today, all right, Andy, thank you <laughs> so uh now uh see when see my mom went through cancer it's been twenty years ago um, um and we we had heard remission 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 you're in remission, you're in- remission. then mm-hmm. when year five can came, came, hey, no cancer, you're cured. You know, pretty much. But, you know. So I remember hearing, and I felt so bad for the family that this one woman come out and says, uh, and it's only been like a, two years, year and a half. And she says, yeah, they don't find no cancer anymore. I'm cured. I'm going, no, you don't need I think you're in remission, not cured. And she passed away like 10 months later. And I'm going, mm, uh, someone should explain to her better that you're in remission, you're not cured. Because it hadn't been five years, and see that's my understanding, and I could be totally wrong uh, with that, but that's how my understanding was your remission 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 five years then you're pretty much like you said cured then, so because nothing would okay. come back yeah,
0: and it's interesting yeah and, and and there's so much to learn about cancer and different types of cancer, so well interesting well my I forgot go she for for that experience
2: well that, that was a oh uh, uh, someone that I knew I went to school with and it it may have been breast cancer too, when, when all that happened. And so with you explaining to me, the Mm. difference, you know, may help me understand that maybe she didn't understand, or maybe she was trying to be so positive to not scare people. I I don't know what it was. Um, But my mom, she's been cancer free for 20 years since, since her, uh, her incident, she had uh, lung cancer and they removed a part of her lungs she did the radiation, and and she's been going ever since then. So, uh, well, I'm so glad. That, I'm wonderful. So glad, glad that you. Glad uh, to thank hear you. That. Well, I'm so glad that you've been here, and there's no evidence detected. And I hope you continue hearing it for the next uh, year. And now, after five years, if there's thank no you. evidence detected, do you still have to go back a uh, yearly, uh six months? Because my mom had her cancer, they were still checking her. I guess for that five years, they would check like every six months. And then uh yeah, then finally it, she said she didn't have to come mm-hmm. back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not really sure what's gonna happen after the five year mark. Um, so I know they're still gonna be following me, but I'm not sure what the schedule is. But I feel like I feel confident in my team. So like even now when um, like now I'm at the point where it's yearly, it, it was there was a six month They always say, but if there's any concerns, you can come in sooner. So my plan now is on a year. uh, Scans are on a yearly schedule unless something comes up. If I have any concerns at all, I can call immediately.
2: Yeah, and then they'll adjust things as needed so yeah blind Neil, you are exactly yeah. correct there says every day is a gift amen brother and it's a precious gift and we don't know when it's our time yeah. be good to one another there you go way to, way to bring it home uh, there big uh blind Neil. so be good uh, to one another so words I to live by it. you need to nice. make a t-shirt on that uh, blind Neil. make a t-shirt be good to one another yeah so
0: i love right it. now uh I
2: love it. Now, Andy, um, um, oh, so now that uh, if you can give uh, like one or two tips to help the listeners on how you've been able to make it through this, uh, of course, you're cheating going in with the grief recovery specialist. Okay. Not everybody's <laughs> going to be going in uh, b- marked and branded as you. So if you can give uh, one or two, three pieces of advice <laughs> to help them get a, a head start when they hear those words.
0: Yeah, um, it, uh, yeah, you're, yeah and you're right. And you know what, I, I wish that more people had these tools and you know, these, these tools and it's available. So you can, you can work with me or anyone, I can refer you to people, but there's definitely help out there. So I would say for me, I was, because I was already, I already had a network I was already in the frame of mind of, you know, if I need help, I'm going to ask for it. But even if you're not, if for something like this, you know, something is, and it's, and by the way, it's not just if for someone who is diagnosed with breast cancer, but anyone connected to that person because this affects the whole family and everybody close to that person. And so they're grieving as well. And so reach out for support, reach out for help, talk to people and just not to be professional. It could be, but reach out for people. And I would say for what I did was I, I adopted this mindset of I'm going to say yes when someone wants to offer me help, unless there's a reason to say no. I'm just going to say yes. And so when people offered whatever they offered, if they offered prayers, if they offered, a, uh, even if they offered a ride and I didn't take the ride, I pocketed that. And so, whatever they offered me, I would say yes, unless there was a reason. And sometimes it was, you know, I'm sending good thoughts. If they were religious, it might be I'm sending prayers. If they're not religious, it might be you know I'm sending good energy your way. Whatever people offered, I accepted. And even if it was a ride or something, for example, like I, because I, I really had, like, my mom took me most of, it, pretty much all the, all the to all the appointments. And so, even if I were to say no to something. I was still accepting the goodwill that was behind it. And what I did was I did this meditation. So it's really like two, it's like a two, it's a two for here you're getting. There's one is accepting, (laughs) accepting the support. And the other is I started doing this meditation where everything that they were offering, the prayers, the love, the good energy, the offers to help me, the offers for food, all of that, I just could like it was like this love that was surrounding me you know and it was like a force field protecting me so I I just would take that in and I would do this meditation and I visualized this light and love surrounding me and every time someone said something nice to me it it added to that and of course I couldn't live in that meditation but I would go to it whenever I thought of it and so And then I, you know, and so because I was doing that, I was also in the mindset of trying new things, you know, so for example, at the gym, there was a Tai Chi class um, that I hadn't, I hadn't taken before. And I took this Tai Chi class and the instructor did this visualization exercise during the class, which was very similar to the one that I had just described. Only instead of it being surrounding our bodies, he was, he was describing it like there's there's a light from your crown and going in it inside your body, strengthening you. Well, I that was fantastic, and I added that. And so just being open to something new, not even knowing what you're going to get out of it, but things that are healthy or that feel good or you don't even know why, but you're like, oh, there's this art therapy class. Maybe I'll do that. Just jumping into something new. And then I had this – now I had this new added dimension for my meditation. I had this – I had this force field around me, protecting me and loving me. And then I had this force, this, this light and love inside me, strengthening me. So just being open, you know, I had a friend of mine who offered to do Reiki on me. It was such a beautiful experience. She came to my house with her table and she did this Reiki exercise. And I felt like I was in the realm of angels. It was right before my surgery and it was, it was beautiful. So so those are a few of my tips, accepting help when, you know, when, when possible and taking, taking opportunities for trying something new, like, like a Tai Chi class or, or whatever. And also during my, um, uh, after the recovery, um, when I was involved, uh, really pretty um, actively involved in one of, one of these breast cancer uh, support groups, we were doing all kinds of Exercises on during the pandemic on Zoom. We were doing art therapy and we were and Reiki and oh my goodness, all kinds of, I can't even think off the top of my head, all kinds of activities. And so we were we were really there for you really there for each other for experiencing some new things together. So those are a couple a couple of tips. Oh and then the third thing. Oh yeah. go I'm sorry, and the third thing is all along the way being mindful of how I'm feeling, not just physically, but emotionally, how am I feeling? And if I'm feeling afraid, if I'm feeling nervous, if I'm feeling happy, if I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling, to really own that and recognize this is totally normal, totally normal to have all kinds of feelings. And so just along the way, being aware of my feelings and that there are different stages, not of grief, but there are different stages in the in the process of uh, of going through cancer. You know, like there's a stage when you and you know, for example, like there's a stage when you start radiation, and then there's a stage when you stop. And for a lot of people, there's grief in that in in when when treatment ends, and it can seem confusing. But the truth is that grief is not logical; it's emotional. And I've talked to many women who've had that experience where, yeah, they want it to be over on the one hand, but they also there was a comfort. They also are a little scared, like they're just kind of being like they're graduating to another level. So it's less care, it's less someone's eyes on them, less uh, you know treatment is over, and and so there can be there can be some fear there. And also, there's a routine that you de- you develop relationships with the people at the at the center where you know the treatment center there's a routine of going to the ra- to get the radiation or whatever the treatments are there there's a there's a protocol and you get to know people and it just becomes part of your routine and then when the routine is over there can be a grieving process in that and so just being mindful along the way of how you feel and that it's normal it's natural it doesn't have to be logical and make sense but embracing that this is this is the this is where I am right now
2: and there, there's no one right answer with this because we're all different so we would all experience everything in a different way I can see what you yeah. were just saying to the last part when everything is finally over treatment's over and everything and I can see some I can see uh, happiness and glad this is over with but then I can see quickly bottoming out fear because it's what if it comes back? Will the treatments work again the second time? You know, a lot of questions that you would hope would be answered before that last one, I would think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And the feelings can be conflicting, just like you described. And sometimes that can be confusing. And people tend to judge themselves for how they feel. Like, well, they shouldn't feel this way or they should feel that way or I should be grateful it's over. Well, you can you can be both. You can be grateful that that stage is over, that that particular treatment is over, and still feel like nervous that oh, well, now what you know, or all kinds of all kinds of feelings, and that that's totally that's totally normal. And it
2: affects next?
0: not just your body. Your, it's, it affects it can affect a lot of your relationships. The treat not only the cancer but the treatments. Um, can have a you know have a huge impact on your body and so you're different now and it can it, it can affect your relationships and so yeah it's just being mindful of how you're doing and how you're feeling and that it's okay.
2: And the sad thing whether it's breast cancer or spinal cord injury whatever you people are going through sad thing is that um we won't go through it alone unless we kick people out. I mean sad thing is my family had to go through with me being paralyzed, even though they didn't, but they're emotionally, you know, spiritually, you know, involved with everything. And so they had to go through the suffering as I went through the suffering. And then they went through the up, up, yeah. up, 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 ups and the, and with me as well, as much as the down, down, downs. And so roller coaster ride.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so it doesn't yeah. matter what you're going through. If long, if, as long as you have, a support system—you're not going to be alone unless you decide to kick them out. So, all right, Andy, yeah, thank you for being here. Right, and, uh, right. well, Andy, thank you for being here and everything like this. Appreciate it. If you uh, go ahead and tell us how people can find you in case they want to talk to a grief recovery specialist and how they can get a hold of you.
0: Yeah. Oh well, thank you so much for having me, and, and thank you so much for providing this this platform to talk about this. And I do want to just mention, for some women, this Breast Cancer Awareness Month can be triggering. And, you know, so I just want to, you know, just my heart goes out to you, whether whether you're embracing this month and, and happy to see all of the things that are going on, or for those of you who, who are triggered by it and and you don't like all of that, I'm, I'm, I just honor wherever you are on that, on that journey. Um, and so you can reach out to me. The best way is email. And the email address is Andy A N D I dot M, as in my last name, uh, Andy dot M at comcast.net. And from there, we can set up a Zoom call, a phone call, you know, whatever we can. I can send you in in whatever direction you know would be most appropriate. Um, I'm on I'm on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook, Andy Meltzer on Instagram. All- one word, Andy Meltzer, and on Facebook, Andy B Meltzer, uh, grief recovery. But if you just put in Andy Meltzer grief, it'll it'll populate. But, I'll uh, put those but links.
2: Yeah, in but the, if you email in the, me, yeah, I'll put those links in the description of the show notes to make it easier for people Great. to come find you. So, all right, Great. Andy. Last thing here, we know the people are struggling, and if you give us a, a message, a powerful message to help them get through today. Oh boy it's gonna be a blessing
0: yeah uh well if you're struggling today you are not alone and whatever you're feeling is normal and natural we are we are human beings with feelings and it's it's actually if you think about it if something sad happens it would be kind of weird not to be sad. If something scary is happening, it kind of wouldn't make sense that you wouldn't be afraid. So we don't judge when you're happy, right? If you're happy, we don't say, well, why are you so happy? (laughs) You know, we don't, we don't judge that people shouldn't be so happy. So if you're, if you're struggling today, you're not alone. It's, and it's normal and it's natural and you can reach out if you don't. And if you don't know where to begin to reach out, you can reach out to me. I, there's one person and James I'm gonna say I'm gonna nominate you. I think you would be someone that go. someone could reach out to
2: If I can do anything yeah, to help you're not us, alone. Uh, get out to me yeah you won't be alone and and then I'm sure same with Andy that we would help you find someone that would specifically meet your needs So we would definitely help the standard yeah. to help you for that so all right Andy thank you for coming in yeah, you're it social, feels social
0: Oh
2: yes yes it does yeah. They could definitely feel it, uh, but don't try not to be isolated, and that's hard sometimes Uh, So, because we love our long uh, long time, our time, but there's times where you need to open up and embrace all the good stuff that you deserve in life. So, Andy, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing, uh, everybody else. And uh, Blind Neil, thank you for coming in and sharing with us today. Everyone else, do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis.
1: Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.